Hey, thanks for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and to help you live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for your life. G'day, thanks for joining us. My name is Nathan. I'm the lead pastor of LifeGate Church. I have a message around sowing and reaping that I want to share with you. We're going to pray, then we're going to dive in. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are the God who speaks, that you speak for you through your word. We thank you that your word, the Bible, is true and that we can believe it. We thank you for your son who shows us how to live and gives us life. We thank you for your spirit who speaks in us and through us, changes us, transforms us, guides us. Father, I pray that you would use this time for your purpose and glory. Give us ears, hearts, open to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to share with you one of the most um, wonderful moments of my life. Just recently, my son, Aiden, who's 15, he's a pitcher, led worship at our Padstow campus for the first time. Now, Aiden's just turned 15, and over the years, he started when he was two with a little um, plastic guitar, singing Chris Tomlin's song, Sing, 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 and make music with the heavens. And he used to run around our home playing that. Then when you, when you push him in the pram and have worship music on, you'd see him close his eyes and lift his hands in worship as like a little two or three-year-old kid. And over time, he's been involved in church life, and he started on um, keyboard, in, keyboard in church, playing drums in church, then guitar, and I said, Aiden, would you consider worship leading? And he said yes, and recently was the day that he led worship. And let me tell you, as a dad, man, that made me so proud. Um, what a privilege it is as a father, as a Christian, as a Christian leader who's been a worship leader for 20 years to see my son lead people in worship. I mean, God's, God's designed us to be worshipers. He's designed us to bring glory to his name, not just through song, but through every area of our lives, by the way we speak, by the way we act. But there's something happens when we are corporately singing. And worship leaders have a very special place in God's kingdom. They are the people who are to draw people to himself, point people to Jesus, encourage people to honor him, to worship him. And to see my son do that today, not today, recently was a, such, a, such a huge blessing for me as a father. The reason I share that story is not only I'm excited about it, but it was not something where we went, Hey, Aiden, you want to lead worship on Sunday where he's had no practice, no musical ability, nothing. No, it's been years of piano lessons, of working with him on drums, guitar, singing. It's been years of getting him to the place where he, at the age of 15, was able to lead worship. There was lots of sowing that happened into his life in order for him to lead God's people and see the beginning of the reaping or the harvest of people worshiping God. Today I want to speak to you around the topic of sowing and reaping. It's a principle that we see in Scripture from Galatians chapter 6, where God has set up in his creation this principle in creation of sowing and reaping, and that you sow what you desire to reap. If you want oranges, well, you sow orange seeds. If you want apples, you sow apple seeds. If you want tomatoes, and I love tomatoes, you sow Tomato seeds, or you go to the local um, Bunnings and you buy the little plants because they grow faster, and you put them in, and they grow, and the tomatoes from your backyard, they just taste incredible. 
But what you want to reap, what you want to harvest, will you sow the seed in order to get that? But it's not just true in farming. It's true in all of creation. That what you want to reap, what you want to harvest, we need to sow into that area in order to get a return. You know, as a, as a musician myself who taught music in high school for nine years and studied music and been playing the piano in church from the age of 12, music and worship music particularly has been a huge part of my life. And from a young age, my desire, from, well, from, my, from when my kids were young, my desire was always for them to be musos and learn to play a musical instrument, and that they would play it in church to be a blessing to others and to lead others in worship. I was sowed finances into music lessons. I sowed encouragement into my kids. I spent many an hour playing with them at home, coming down to the church when no one was here, and them playing drums or keyboard, and me playing guitar and singing. Why? Because I was trying to get them ready for them to do what Aiden is now doing as a worship leader at our church. There was lots of sowing, but the harvest, man, it's going to be huge. I spent maybe 10 years, eight and 15, 10 years investing him with piano lessons and guitar and drums and singing and sowing into his life. But now he's learnt what he's learnt and he's now learning school of worship leading. He's going to take that through the rest of his life. And not only is he going to lead people in worship, but the harvest looks like him training others to lead worship teaching others to play drums, keyboard, guitar, bass, singing, all the stuff that he does. He's going to train others in that for the rest of his days. And the sowing I've done is going to reap an incredible harvest. I want to take you to Galatians chapter 6 today. But before I read that, let me, let me ask you the question, what are you hoping to see in your life? What are you hoping to reap? What, what sort of harvest are you desiring? And you could be, it could be tomatoes, it could be corn, but let's talk about life around relationships. What sort of relationship do you want? What sort of relationship do you want to see? That's the harvest. What sort of financial situation do you want to be in? What sort of relationship with God do you want to have? What sort of organization do you want to be a part of? What sort of church do you want to be a part of? Because we have these dreams about the reaping and the harvest, about what we want it to look like, and that's good and we should, but it comes back to what are we sowing? Because you reap what you sow. So often we sow um, rubbish and we hope to get a great result. But it doesn't work that way. If you sow rubbish, you get a rubbish result. But if you sow love and kindness and reconciliation and forgiveness, it leads to great relationships. If you use your money as a young person and you invest it wisely, well, then after many years, you will build wealth and be a blessing in God's kingdom. If you invest with your time with the Lord daily in the word and prayer, you will get an incredible relationship with God, which will not only help you, but help the people around you as you invest in their lives. It really comes down to what are you sowing, because your sowing affects your reaping, it affects the harvest. Let me read to you from um, Galatians chapter 6. This is what it says in verse 7. It starts this way. Um, Paul writes this. He says, do not, be, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. God cannot be laughed at. Don't be deceived. In other words, don't be led astray. The truth is, a man reaps what he sows. That's a principle for all of creation. We see it in Galatians 6-7. A man reaps 
what he sows, what you put in, that leads to the result that you get. Then in verse 8, whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. It's not just in plants that this is true. It's not just in relationships or finances this is true. This reaping and sowing, sowing and reaping is also true in the kingdom. And if you sow to please yourself, you will reap destruction. Because sowing to please yourself is all about saying, no thanks God, I'm not interested God, I'm going to live my way, I'm going to live in the way that pleases me, I'm going to live without you God. And that leads to destruction, separation from God forever. Or we can say, yes God, I'm in. I want to please you with my life. I'm going to lay down my life. And I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to go your way. I'm going to allow the, the, the Holy Spirit to transform me. And the fruit of the Spirit is going to be evident in my life. The gifts of the Spirit are going to come out and I'm going to bless others with them. And by doing that, we reap a harvest. And as we say yes to God, as we follow the, the leading of the Spirit, what does that lead to? Eternal life. Galatians 6.9, it says, Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest, a harvest if we don't give up. As Christians, Paul is saying, keep on loving, keep on serving, keep using the gifts that God has given you, keep allowing the fruit of the Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, gentleness, and self-control, the faithfulness, those, those fruits to be evident in your life, and you will receive a harvest. You will receive that harvest. Therefore, as we have opportunity... Let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. I love that. Let us keep on doing good. Whenever we have the opportunity, take opportunities to do good to people, people in the world, but especially, it says here in Galatians 6, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Our brothers and sisters in Christ, let's be specific and do good for them. So let me ask you this question around sowing and reaping. What are you desiring to see? What sort of reaping do you want to see in your life? What sort of harvest do you want to see in your life? If you want a great relationship with God, well, what are you sowing into that today? If you want a healthy marriage, that's the harvest, that's the reaping. Well, what are you doing today to sow into your marriage? Because what you sow is what you reap. If you want physical health, what are you sowing in today so you reap the benefits tomorrow? If you want financial freedom where you're not living paycheck to paycheck, where you have enough money so you can be a blessing to others, if that's where you want to be, that's where I want to be. But what are you doing today to sow into that in order, after time, you'll reap, you'll reap the harvest? Because things just don't happen unless we sow. Now, sometimes God can do whatever he likes. Sometimes God steps in and God changes things. And sometimes this sowing and reaping principle is not true all the time. There's obviously exceptions to the rule. Um, people winning a lotto, for example, you put a little seed in. I mean, maybe that is true. I don't know. But, it's, but sowing and reaping, some people get what they don't deserve. So although it's a principle of, of life, it's not true in every situation, but it's, but it's generally true. What you sow leads to what you reap. But so often... People sow the opposite of what they're hoping for. Some people sow criticism, but they're hoping for gratitude. They're sowing criticism, 
and, and they're expecting to reap gratitude. And that just doesn't work that way. People sow distrust, expecting they will reap loyalty. Well, that doesn't happen either. If you want loyalty, well, you need to trust people and invest in their lives, not sowing distrust. Some people show, sow disrespect, and they desire the harvest of honor. Again, it doesn't work that way. If you want to be honored, you need to honor others. Some people sow laziness and expect prosperity. Again, it doesn't work that way. If you want to be financially well, you've got to work with your hands. Other people sow junk food and they desire to be healthy. Again, it doesn't work that way. Because what you sow is what you reap. If you sow junk food, it leads to weight gain. It leads to heart disease. It leads to all these problems. Whereas if you want a healthy body, you've got to put fruit and veggies in the five food groups and in things in balance and eat healthy, a healthy body. Exercise. So exercise in your life. Healthy body. Have you heard of this expression, garbage in <laughs> leads to garbage out? And that's true. What you sow is what you reap. But you put good things in, release the good things, a good harvest. Now, this sowing and reaping isn't just true in your personal life, in your finances, in your relationships, in your walk with God. It's also true in, in the workplace. It's also true in the organization, the, the social group, or whatever group that you're a part of. And it's also true in the church. And if you're part of LifeGate Church, let me ask you, what sort of church do you want us to be? That's around the reaping or the harvest. What sort of church do you want us to be? And we can talk about, we want to see people living in freedom, fulfilling their purpose. We want to see people getting real and taking action. And we want to see that. But it's okay to say those things and have those pie-in-the-sky ideas. But if we're not sowing today in order to reap that harvest, well, we're just, just words. And if you're part of LifeGate Church, what are you doing in, in order for us to see people live in the freedom and purpose Jesus has for their lives? Are you playing your part or are you just turning up, sitting in a pew, saying hello and going home? Or are you investing your time in others? Are you choosing to serve in a ministry? Are you choosing to give financially? These are areas that you can do to invest, to sow into God's kingdom and as a result, we'll get the harvest. Here are some thoughts I wrote down around the organization, the church that you're a part of. If you want to see a, a, a harvest of encouragement, if you want to see an environment where people encourage others, well, you need to sow encouragement. So are you taking opportunities to encourage others? Do you want to see a church, an organization where people are committed, that they say what they, that they do what they say they're going to do, that every ministry has plenty of people serving and all this stuff's happening in church life to see people live in the freedom and purpose of Jesus' office. If you want to see that, well, it leads to com you need commitment. And it's nice to have to see others commit to see those things done. But let me ask you, are you sowing commitment in your organization at, at LifeGate Church or the church that you're a part of? Are you committed to it? Are you involved in order to see the vision fulfilled? Are you sowing commitment? How about faith? You want to be a, in, a, in, a, in a church where people believe God and they're trusting God and they're seeing breakthrough and God moving miracles. But let me ask you, are you sowing faith? Are you believing God? Are you trusting God? Because you need to sow it in in order for us to see the harvest or the reaping of that. It's not just up to the pastors and the leaders to have the faith, but the people of the community need to have faith because we're all in this together. We are the body of Christ. 
And we need to be believing God together to see the outcomes and the vision that God wants to see fulfilled here. We need to be a people of faith. My desire is that we, around preaching is that we preach biblical messages where lives are transformed. That's what I want to see. Where we take the truth of Scripture, we apply it to our lives, and people's lives are transformed in order to live in the freedom and the purpose that Jesus has for them. That's, our, that's where we're headed with our preaching. Now, that just doesn't happen by last-minute preaching. heard of a preacher once used to prepare his messages on at 8 o'clock Sunday morning in order to preach at 9 o'clock on a Sunday. I mean, that's not a great way to do it, but rather I prepare. I take time weeks in advance to work out what I'm speaking on. I pray, God, what do you want to say? I'm either find a scripture passage that, that, that relates to what God wants me to speak about, or more likely, I'm reading a passage of scripture and the topic pops out of that. And so I understand the passage, I work out, say, God, what do you want to do? What's the transformational piece? How do we want people to live it as a result? And then I put the message together and I prepare and I, and I memorize it and I present it in a way that hopefully is easy to understand, that people can grab a hold of and they can live it out in their lives. We're deliberate in sowing in preparation, memorizing, communicating clearly in order that lives will be transformed. It's sowing in order to see a harvest. How about worship when you think about your church community? What sort of worship do you want to have? We can talk about the, the, our style of worship music, and that's one thing. But more important is what's going on in our hearts. When you gather together, what's happening in the people? Because when people are worshipers, you know what it does? It, people catch it. People see passion, and passion, passion is contagious. And we want to be around passionate people because that will, that will influence us, and we'll be more passionate. If you want to be in a church community where people are passionate in their worship, that's what we're hoping for. That's the reaping we're hoping for. But what are we sowing? Are you a person who's passionate in your worship? Are you someone who's there for the very first song and is singing loud and clapping and dancing and if raising your hands is your thing? Are you passionate? But it's more about what's happening in here in the heart because that what happens in the heart is overflows into our outward expression. And if you, want to be a, if you want us to be a, if, if you want us to be a church where we're passionate about worship, well, you need to sow it in. You need, you need to be the worshiper, and other people will catch it. Final one. How about finance? What sort of vision do you have for our church around finance? Do you want to be a church that pays our staff well? Do you want to have finance for us to give money to transform Cambodia and the work in the Philippines and India and to Entheos and scripture in schools and we've just connected with the, with the Liverpool Scripture Board and we want to give money there? Do you, know, do you want us to be a church where we can financially bless outreach opportunities? Do you want to have facilities that are up to date, that are attractive to people in the community where they want to gather here and it's in that gathering they can hear the message of Jesus? You know, that comes through finance and people's giving. And we can have these dreams about what we want to see with the finance, but it starts with the sowing. And then we ask you, are you sowing into God's kingdom? Are you giving to God's church? You know, for us as a family, we give our tithe to LifeGate Church. And then we give to Transform Cambodia and Compassion and other things that we do. But it starts first with the tithe. That's what Michelle and I have chosen to do. And I want to challenge you with that. Are you giving what the Lord wants you to give. We have the vision of what we want it to be, but it starts with the sowing. We want to sow. Because what you sow leads to the reaping in the organization, in the church, in your personal life. You've got to think about what you want to see. 
but it starts with the sowing. You know, as we come to the end of this message, I want to give you three thoughts around sowing. And the first thing is this, sowing and reaping. And the first thing is this, you reap more than you sow. Here's the first thought. You reap more than you sow. I brought um, an orange today. And I've done a bit of research around oranges. And if you cut an orange up, you find seeds, unless they're a certain type of orange that don't have seeds. But generally, oranges have seeds. And they have between six and ten seeds. Some websites say six to eight. Other websites say ten. I'm going to go with ten. And so last night, I cut up an orange. And I pulled out the seeds. And you can't see this because it's tiny. But here's an orange. And in every orange, there are up to ten seeds. Now, the thing about a seed... Orange seeds is that, here's a really big word, they are polyembryonic. I know that's a big word, particularly for me, polyembryonic. And what it means is that every seed has, every seed has the capacity of up to seven trees. Not one seed, one tree. Because they're polyembryonic, every seed can have seven trees come out of this one seed. Now, I didn't know that, but that's pretty impressive. Now, Think about that for a moment. One orange, ten seeds, one seed, seven trees. Ten seeds, 70 trees. How many oranges on a tree? Hundreds. How many oranges on 70 trees? Thousands. From one seed, from one orange, ten seeds. From this thing, from this orange, if you grab the seeds and you plant them, you will reap an incredible, incredible harvest. And this is true in many areas of our lives. You know, as, as the lead pastor of this church, one of my main tasks is to sow into our leaders. And, and we are run the School of Leadership, and this, this year we're doing the School of Leadership 2.0. And it's, it's one of the best things that we've done as, as a community because when you invest in a leader, you sow into that leader, the harvest is huge. Because that leader hopefully takes what they've learned not only in their knowledge, but who they've come and who they've been transformed to be. And they then influence others and not just teach others and train others in, in, in the thing they're learning, but to develop and train other leaders who can lead other leaders, who can lead other leaders. So by me investing in one person, the, the fruit of that, the investment in that could be huge. I think back to one of the pastors I had, a guy named Russell Thompson, who invested in my life. And because of his investment in my life, now thousands and thousands of people have been invested in because of the influence on me and my influence on others. See, we sow in a little bit and we reap a whole heap. This is true about Aiden, with him worship leading recently and me sowing into his life for many, many years. Well, he's taken that and he started to lead others in worship. And over the years to come, he's going to lead many in worship and build teams of worshipers and worship leaders and worship teams and train others. And the harvest, because of, the, because of what has been sown, is going to be huge because you reap more than you sow. There's a scripture in Luke chapter 6, verse um, 37 and 38. It says this, Jesus, this is Jesus. He says, Do not judge and you will not be judged, sowing and reaping. Do not condemn and you'll not be condemned. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. Give, here it is, give and it will be given to you. A good measure Pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your for, for, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. Give, and it will be given to you, not just a little bit, but 
good measure, pressed down, running over this idea of this multiplication. And when we sow into God's kingdom, it multiplies. When you share the message with Jesus, someone, and they accept that message, they get passionate about Jesus, and what do they do? They tell others. They um, train their children in the way of the Lord. They get involved in ministry. They give to their local church. They serve their local church. And, And all that started because you sowed the message of Jesus into their life. God grabbed it. God made it grow. But that sowing resulted in a huge harvest. And it's true in your finances. You give financially to God, and he will bless you in abundance. Um, If you love your wife and serve her or you love your spouse, um, the the result of that can be huge in a healthy marriage, which affects the children. And your children see how you did marriage, which affects their marriage, and it goes on and on and on. The principle is this. You reap more than you sow. The second thing I want to talk about sowing and reaping is this. You need to wait for the harvest. You know, when you plant an orange seed, the website told me that it can take up to 15 years for this seed to grow into a plant that bears fruit, up to 15 years. And some people who are impatient like me want to see a harvest straight away. You plant a tomato seed, you get tomatoes. No, it takes time for that seed to grow into a plant, the plant to be healthy, to get the fruit and grow. And sometimes when we sow, it's going to take time for the harvest. With Aiden, it took years and years and years until he started to lead worship, and we're going to see the, the fruit of that for the many years to come. There is, it takes time. It's true as you invest in your children. They're not adults for a number of years, but you invest in them so they are healthy, Jesus-following adults who serve the community. You get finances and you invest it at a young age or at the age you're at now, and it doesn't multiply triple overnight, but you wait 10, 15, 20 years, you see that investment double and multiply and triple over time, when you sow, you need to wait for the harvest. The, first thought, the third thought is this. Sow in the area you want to see the harvest. Super important. Sow in the area you want to see the harvest. You know, in life, there are so many distractions for us. There are so many things that we can get involved in. So many things that can take us away for the most important things. And if you're a Christian and you listen to this today, the most important thing is you and your relationship with Jesus. Then your relationship with your spouse. Then your relationship with your kids. Then you can go from there, your workplace or whatever it is for you. But it starts with you and Jesus. And then it's about you and your spouse and then you and your kids and everything else happens after that. But so often all the other stuff around fishing or chess competitions or pursuing finance or the career or all that can get in the way of Jesus first, the relationship with the spouse and the kids. But we actually have to work out what's most important. And if it is Jesus, and it is spouse, and it is kids, well, we need to sow into that if we're going to see a great harvest in those areas. So we need to work out what's most important and sow into those areas. As we come to the end of this message, I want to ask you two questions to finish. The first question is this. What harvest do you want to see? What harvest do you want to see? Is it in your relationship with God? You want to see it blooming and thriving? You want to have a healthy marriage? If you want to see your kids grow up to be Jesus followers who, are, who add value to the society? If you want to be financially wealthy or have enough so you can be a blessing to others? If you want to be part of a healthy community of believers? If you want to be part of LifeGate Church, that's a church that's thriving. That's my dream. That's, I pray that's your dream as well. Work out what you want to see. Work out the goal. Work out the vision. Work out what you want to see, which leads to the second question. Based on what you want to see, where where do you need to sow? 
Based on the harvest you want to see, work out where you need to sow. Where are you going to sow in your relationship with God? Is it daily Bible reading? Is it taking time to pray with a group of other people who can hold you accountable to that prayer? Is it getting to church every Sunday? Whatever it is, where are you going to sow? If it's with your marriage, how are you spending time with your spouse? What's their love language? How are you going to show them that they're loved? How are they going to feel loved? What are you going to do in order to help them feel and think that they're loved? If it's with your kids, what are you doing? How are you sowing with your children? in order to have a healthy relationship? How are you investing in them? How are you training them to grow up to be adults who add value to society, who follow Jesus all the days of their lives? What harvest do you want to see? Question number one. Number two, where do you need to sow? Super important questions. I want to give you 30 seconds now just to think and pray and ask that question, God, what do I really want to see with my life? What harvest? What do I really want to reap? And then ask yourself the question, well, where am I sowing in order to have that? Take 30 seconds and pray now. Let's pray. Father, pray that you would give us a vision for our lives, a vision for what we want to see in our personal lives, in our families, a vision for what we want to see in our, in our LifeGate church, in our workplaces, in our organizations, in every sphere of life that you would give us a picture of the harvest that we want to see, and we would then be deliberate in sowing in the things in order to see the harvest. If we want to see a worshipping environment, that we'll be worshippers. If you want to have a loving marriage, that we would love. If you want to have wealth in order to be a blessing, that we would invest well. If you want to have a strong relationship with you, God will spend time with you and serve you and step out in faith with you. That we would sow in in order to see the harvest that you place in our heart. Father, I pray your blessing on each one who's hearing this. I pray, God, you'll make the harvest that we want to see clear and that we'll be deliberate to sow. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for being part of this. God bless you. Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations, and we'd love to help you get connected. My name's Andrew and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, get support and prayer and take your next step. So why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the next step button.